now it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Thanks for tuning in to the only show that doesn't care about ratings. Our sole purpose is to save souls, on purpose. Visit us online at witnesstalkradio.org or give us a call at 513-900-8070 to voice your opinion. Now, I'm sure many of you are wanting an update about our latest edition. Benjamin Lewis Muniak was born on September 5th at 1239 a.m. He weighed 7 pounds, 6 ounces, and was almost 20 inches long. And after spending over two weeks in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, Ben is finally home, and he's doing well. Thanks, everyone, for praying. Today, my friend Nick is talking with Hamil in New York. It was hard to figure out where exactly Hamil was coming from because there were times where his questions seemed sincere, but then other times it seemed like he was just intentionally wasting our time. One thing's for sure, though, he believes in moral relativism. And I've got to warn you, this clip had to be edited heavily for time constraints, but while some of the specifics of the conversation are gone, the general discussion is still intact. You're listening to Witness Radio. Why in the Bible Belt racism was the highest, the most vicious? Could you tell me that, why that happened? Well, Amel, many people misinterpret the Bible. They take it out of context. Many people do it today just to uh, support their lifestyle. So what are you saying? So has it changed? Or? It hasn't changed. Is the same as it was when it was first penned down. No, I'm not asking if the Bible changed. I'm talking about the religious belt, the Bible belt. At, at its peak, in America, a lot of people like to say, let's go back, take America back, let's go back to where it, where it was. Me, as a person of African descent, what happened is that America has been real vicious to people of African descent. So my question is that the Bible belt, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, etc., it's considered the Bible Belt, but those areas was the most vicious with um, racism. So I'm trying to understand why this exists in the Bible Belt, where they're supposed to be God-fearing. Why was it like that? Hmm? A lot of things exist. You know, if you ever turn on TV, TV, right, you see a lot of TV preachers, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of these TV preachers are money-hungry, and they actually use the Word of God for their own use. So then, so then who do I know is legitimate? Well, the message of the Bible is that man is sinful in need of a savior. So every individual is preaching that, hey, come to God because he, he'll give you all these riches, then that individual is not preaching the gospel. Let me put it this way. Hello? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you a couple questions for me, okay? Sure. Uh, have you ever told a lie? If I'm what? Have you ever told a lie? Yeah, I've told a lie. Me too, Amel. Amel, what do you call someone who tells lies? What is, I didn't get the question. What do, you, what do you tell someone who tells lies? What do you call no. someone who oh. tells a lie? No, if, if you tell... Well, lie is relative. I mean, if I lie by asking me, did I eat today, and I told you no when I didn't, that's a lie. But if I tell you, like, you know, I have never eaten, no... It's a different type of lie, but that is much more... I'm a liar if I tell you something like that, that I've never eaten. 
versus that if I didn't eat today and I told you no I didn't. So yeah, so if you if we if you lie like like me I've lied, right? You it will you be a liar, right? Not necessary. Not necessary. As I said before, lying is relative. That's why you have uh, a white lie versus a big lie, you know. Lying well, we're not racist, we don't care about the color of the lie. No, no, no. <laughs> lie lying is relative. Lying to in terms of what? It is like we all have prejudice in us, but prejudice become a problem if you're in a position of power to make that prejudice much more prominent than you understand? So lying is relative. So why do you think we have prejudice? We got prejudice because people are ignorant to the fact that most people are who well not most, anyone who is a racist or hater, he's ignorant to the truth. What's the truth? The truth is that the truth could be every avenue. What happened is that the person who is scared of the truth runs from it, and so he tried to kill, downpress, or eliminate anyone who is in that particular, who, who is an uplift of the truth. So in other words... If if someone knows the truth and they don't like the truth, they begin to suppress the truth. Yeah, that's where you have dictatorships. That's where you have Nazis. That's where you have um, you, you name it. What happened is that people who are scared of the truth keeps it out. Okay, so getting back to our question, thank you so much for being so you no know, open. Thank right. you. So getting to our question, right? Mm-hmm. So Azel, have you ever stolen something before? Of course. So have I. So, what do you call someone who steals? Again, just like lying is relative. Like, for example, uh, Europeans stole me of my culture and of my history. That's, uh, he's a thief. But then if I go in and I'm hungry and the neighbor has a mango tree or a banana tree and I took a couple of bananas to feed myself, I'm not a thief. Okay, Azel, um, you, you, you mentioned the word relative, right? Mm-hmm. Now, can you explain what relative means to you? Relative means that, well, when I'm saying relative, it means that it's neither here nor there. Relatives mean it's across the board. Back to what I was saying, like a liar or a thief is very relative because is it a thief if I'm hungry and I stole from you and I beg you over and over and you refuse to give me and I stole from you? Am I stealing? Or, like, let's take for example right now, the Indians here in America, uh, American Indians. Uh, is it fair for them to say their land was stolen from them? And if, and if the peop- if their land was stolen, which is a fact, are the people who stole their land are they thieves? Well, you, if you take something that doesn't belong to you, you're a thief. Yeah, but you see, the, the American government is going to justify it by saying that um, by saying that they they acquire the land or they acquire stuff. What 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 non-Africans do a lot of time is that they give justification like. They tell us that Christopher Columbus covers the, um, discovered the Americas. That's not true. That's a lie. The person who said that is a liar because it's not true. But then they would give some justification again. That's what I'm telling you, that the line is relative. I'm sorry. Line is relative. You know, it's a relative. Right. You know. Now, this is a Christian uh, radio show, and I'm a Christian. So, according to Jesus Christ, he said that whoever looks upon a woman to lust after has committed adultery with her already in the heart. So, Azel, have you ever looked upon a woman to lust after? Yes, I have. So, I have. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, Azel, have you ever used God's name in vain? I don't know. What's that? What's that? Uh, you say, uh, oh my oh my God, just to, to express disgust. 
or anger. Well, again, but oh my God is relative again. You know, oh my God is 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 like me using is like me using a term that people consider for whom, whom would it be? You see, that's what I'm saying. When when, when we're dealing with everyday stuff, it, it, it's like it, it's like the old saying: is the glass half full or half empty? You know. Uh, it's it's neither here nor there. Like you know, the perception is if a glass is have water in it, is it half full or half empty? Azal, let's imagine for a second you go to movie theaters and and just for this uh, particular uh, illustration, imagine uh, your name is unique, meaning you the only one that has your name mm-hmm. in all of of this earth, right? So you walk into a movie theater. And you sit down, you got your popcorn, you're ready to, to watch the movie, right? And maybe 10 minutes into the movie, you hear your name, and your name being used by the actor to express disgust. In other words, your name is being used as a curse word. How would you feel? Well, I would feel, again, you know, what you ask is very relative. I mean, he's using my name, even if he's using my name. In, in, in a way that I'm not pleased with. I mean, does it affect me in the way that I have to speak upon it? It depends. I mean, I, I don't know. You know. I, I mean, I see where you're getting at. Like, if somebody calling God's name. But, you know... I've I done that. What calls God's name? No, I, I don't, I don't no I, I have taken God's name in vain. But I don't think I've ever taken God's name in vain, you know. No. Okay. I have you ever... Uh, have you ever married someone? If I've ever what? Murdered someone? No, I've never. So I'm safe. <laughs> no, I'm never. Right. So has, have you ever hated someone? Uh, no, I've disagreed with people, but I don't think I've hated someone. No. You, ever, you ever get angry with someone? Oh, yeah. Like you want to beat them up? Um, yeah. yeah. Jesus said if you get angry without cause, you're in danger of judgment. You see, Hazel, just like adultery, God not just looks at the actions, but he judges the intentions, the heart. But you see, we got to look, be careful. We are humans, and so humans still have the, we still have the characteristics of um, hurt, anger, hatred. All those are part of us. What happened is that is our everyday life determine how far we're gonna go with those type of behaviors. Cannibalism is okay as long as you're not actually hurting somebody. Wouldn't eating someone hurt them? I'm trying to do the best I can. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. As born-again Christians, part of our duty is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or have never witnessed before, Witness Radio has something for you. Tune in next time to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend it. Go to witnesstalkradio.org. That's witnesstalkradio.org. If you want to grow in your understanding of God's Word and learn to study the Bible for yourself, join Pastor Andrew Rappaport as he teaches each week from the Word of God. The teaching is free through the Internet, but paid students receive a syllabus for each course with extra study materials. The cost is only $50 per year with special pricing for church groups. And you get to choose from the School of Biblical Hermeneutics or the School of Systematic Theology. Sign up today for Striving for Eternity Academy. Details at strivingforeternity.org. I gotta tell you, it's great being back in the studio for another episode. It feels like I've been gone for so long. I mean, sure, I had an episode last week, but I wasn't actually 
chalk-talking the interview. It was just a pre-recorded interview that I had with Paul Washer, which, by the way, I'm still absolutely amazed that God allowed me to have that interview with Paul Washer. What did you think of it? Should I have asked different questions? Should I not have said something? Let me know via our call-in line at 513-900-8070. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people rast and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, and say the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few? At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel, not only in the way that they live their lives, but how to speak to the campus community about the gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Christian Collegiate Network, changeyourcampus.com. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do. Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. Well, Hazel, I, I want to share with you uh, the good news, the gospel. The gospel means good news. Mm. Now, we've been talking about lying and stealing and adultery and, and taking God's name in vain. Uh, when we do that, God says that's blasphemy because he is holy. I mean, even the Jews, when you, when, you, when you look at their writings, they don't fully write his name out because how they reverence his name. But today in our society, God's name is just used just like any other word. It's lost its meaning. Now, I don't know what you believe. I haven't asked you. But according to the Bible, the Bible says that God's holy. And that doesn't mean he's just sinless. But it means that he's perfect. It's just he's perfect. He's perfect in love. He's perfect in, in, uh, in justice. He's perfect in righteousness. And that's bad news for those that have broken his law. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And so as soon as die. And that sin is sin is breaking God's law, right? And as we went through the law, you know, we, we can admit that we you know we haven't kept them, right? Let's be honest, right? Now, I don't know what you believe, right? Now, if you were die today, as well, where would you go? I don't know. You don't know. What if I told you there is a way you can know? Would you like to would you like to find out? Well, yeah, we'd like to find out, but I, I, I don't think that you, you are blessed with such powers to know where I'm going to go. You could speculate where I'm going to go, but I don't think you have that kind of power. The Bible says that do not be deceived, neither thief, nor adulterer, nor idolater, as making a God to suit yourself, nor blasphemer, nor drunkard, nor homosexual, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But here's the thing, in the next verse says, and such were some of you. So there's hope for a liar. There's hope for a thief. There's hope for a uh, adulterer, a fornicator. It means there is. It means there is forgiveness. Now that forgiveness only comes through Jesus Christ. You and I broke God's law, and God and Jesus Christ stepped into God's courtroom. We're talking about God being, you know, the ultimate judge. He stepped into God's courtroom and paid our fine, not with money, but with His life. The Bible says that God demonstrated. His own love, his perfect love, towards us 
and that while we were yet sinners, meaning lying, thieving, he is a God, Christ died for us. In that passage, it does not say he died for good people. He ain't died for righteous people, but he died for those who have sinned against God. Jesus says, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Repentance is doing 180. It's first time you can change your mind about how you view God and how you view your sin, and then you turn, you turn your back on your sin. So let me ask you a question. So you're thinking in the majority, you think more people are good or more people are bad? Well, there's none good, not one. Hmm? There's no good. The, the, the definition of, of, of uh, good mm-hmm. is morally perfect. Is anyone morally perfect? No, I'm, I'm not the religious zone. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, le- I'm here because I want to learn from you. So I'm saying is that, do you think that most people on this earth is morally good? If there's any good, it is not because of them, because of God. We are made in the image of God. That's what we so love. Then if, if, so then, if, if man is not good, then... That means that man needs a savior. So, where, so you're saying, when someone dies, where do they go? Well, I don't know. I, I, I know that, that if someone repents and put their faith in Christ, then God will forgive them on that spot. So where and do they go? Though? The person who is forgiven, where do they go? They go to heaven. You see, okay, you see... So that's what I was trying to get at now. So then, in heaven, you think it's going to be the majority of people or the minority of people is going to be in heaven? Are you talking about good and bad? No, I'm talking about in heaven. You, you, well, can't, you can't get into heaven if you're not good, correct? Well, there's no one good going to heaven. The only people that are going to be in heaven are those that are being forgiven. Okay, so you're forgiven because you did good. No, I'm forgiven because Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid my fine. And he rose again on the third day. No, no. That is my only hope. Fine. You just told me he paid the fine for everybody. No, he paid, for, he paid the fine for those that would repent and believe in him. So then to repent is to do good, correct? Repent is to turn from your sins. Yeah, but to do good. I mean, let's, let's be logical here now. The person, all these, you know, different scenarios saying, basically, let's bring it down to nuts and potatoes. So the person who is going to go to heaven is the person who did good. The person who goes to heaven is the one that places the trust in Christ and receives his mercy. You see, the Bible says that, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And right. Let so, me finish, sir. Sorry. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own self. It's not works that any man shall boast. In other words, repentance is, is it's, it's not work. A repentance is a gift from God. So repentance is to do good, correct? No, repentance is to turn from yourself. Is a turn from your your, uh, your 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 dead works. So okay, so see, I'm, I'm missing something here. Uh, sorry. So, what's, so a person who do bad or a person do good has no relevance and going to heaven. You're saying no, because there's none good, no not one. All that in heaven now or in the future. So then, so then wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't be asking or repenting is because you want to do good. Well, repentance is that you. You acknowledge that you are sinful. You acknowledge that you offended a holy God. And now you want to do good. Is that? that you want, yeah, you want to do good because God has changed your heart. So you took like a half an hour to tell me that. So it breaks down to heaven is that the good people go to heaven and the bad people go where? With those who have broken God's law, 
blessed against God. But you just said we all have broken God's laws. So yeah. Then. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you repent and put your faith in Christ, God will forgive you on the basis that his son paid the price. And knowing that he forgive you, but he changes, he gives you a new heart. A new then, so then it's better to repent as you're close to death because like, there's a possibility that you would do bad again before you die. Well, if you repent and put your faith in Christ, because repentance alone will not save you. I, imagine this. Imagine, imagine if I, I was smacking in the back of the head, right? And I say, oh, I'm sorry, right? You go, okay, okay, right? And then a few minutes later, I smack you again in the back of the head, right? And I say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that, right? And then a few minutes go by, and I do it again, right? I showed you that I'm not really sorry, right? When someone repents and acknowledge their sin, acknowledge they have a sin nature, and that they're wicked before God, and that they deserve hell, and they put their faith in Christ. You ever been on a plane? Say again? You ever been on a plane? Yeah. Imagine, imagine we're on a plane, right? We're on the same flight, right? And we're going to be given the same instructions. Imagine one instruction is that there's a parachute underneath our seat, okay? Now you have the you have the information and I have the information, right? We both believe that the parachute will save us from the job to come, right? And let's say that that plane is going to crash, right? It's taking a nosedive, right? Everyone starts putting on the parachute, right? And they get up and you know, they jump out that plane, right? But what if I choose not to put on the parachute and I jump out that plane? What would happen to me? No, you're gonna die. Why would I die? Uh, well. If you're 40,000 feet up in the uh, it is humanly impossible for you to live. What's pulling me down? Um, the gravity, I guess. Gravity, right? Just like gravity, God's law condemns us. It says that by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified inside. In other words, justified means to be, to be made right, right? A lot of uh, government, like we, we have signs saying that it's it to justify things, right? We cannot justify ourselves by saying, God, look what I've done. Look all the good things I have done. But God sees that filthy wrath because we do things with filthy hands. But if you just cling to Christ, look at the cross where Christ took your sin and you trust in Him. You put, you trust in Him like you trust in a parachute, right? It's not just you go to heaven. But you made right with God. See, heaven, heaven's not heaven. No. So heaven is, is heaven a place? Heaven a place. Heaven, heaven is spending eternity with God. That's what it is. So, but, but, but it's it's a physical place. It's a physical place. In that place, we'll be worshiping God. So in other words, if you don't want to worship God here, why would you want to worship God in heaven? So, do, do you have like any record of people actually visiting heaven, or you don't? No. And I don't believe those that, that say that they so, so, went to heaven and came back. So heaven is unknown then? Well, I believe in heaven because God's I'm asking what you believe. I'm saying that. Is, is heaven a place? Heaven is a place. Okay. So it's a geographical place? We mean by geographical? Meaning that it has a specific location? Yes. Okay. So is hell a place? Yes. And, and hell have a geographic location? Be a specific location. Okay. I'm assuming that both locations are governed by somebody. Yes. Okay. So then, what percentage of the world or the dead right now is in heaven? 
do you know like what do I know not because I, I, I don't know their hearts uh, if they if they repented just in Christ then they're in heaven so then it's unknown then it's unknown to me unless I know the individual so, so, so you don't know if the majority of people who die die in heaven you don't know I know but I'll talk to you right now and you're alive no, and no, I'm saying that in order for you to go to heaven or to be in heaven, earthly you have to be dead, correct? Yes. All right, so then my point is that, yeah, so then you have no record of how many people who dead or died on earth that have gone to heaven, correct? Yes, I, I, I don't know who uh, has gone to heaven. Hmm? You know, I, don't, I don't know who has gone to heaven. So then, so, so then heaven and hell is an illusion to you because then you have no proof of, of where it is. Well, I, I believe hell and hell exist. Mm -hmm. I believe hell and hell exists and in my worldview it is not an illusion. Even though, even though I don't see it, I know it's there. Okay, so then, so then uh, I'm a king. Um, I just, my kingdom was stolen from me, so... Well, how do I get it back? Are you really a king? Hmm? Are you really a king? Yeah, I'm a king. In your country? Yeah, I'm a king. I'm an earthly king, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do I get my kingdom back? The reason why I'm saying that is to sound... I'm using the same argument as being heaven or hell. You and I know, don't know of it. You assume that you know of it because the Bible is telling you that there's a location for heaven, correct? But you don't know. Where's that location is? Okay. Just wanted to interject real quick. No, no problem. Uh, we know that heaven and hell are both real places because we know the one that created them, and He has revealed it to us through His Word that He has written down in the Bible. All right. So, so you're telling me so geographically, like I was asking him before, there is a place, heaven, and geographically there's a place, hell, yes. and both are governed. By somebody. By God. Okay. So my argument is this now. So the good people goes to heaven and the bad people goes to hell, correct? Uh, I, I want to tweak the term a little bit. I wouldn't say good people because the Bible says there are none good. But the people who do go to heaven are the redeemed people or the forgiven people. Those who have been forgiven for those things that they've done wrong, the sins, the people who have not been forgiven, they go to hell. So, so in essence, what you're saying is that if somebody committed sins and atrocious act throughout their life, and for the last hour of, of life, they ask for forgiveness and repent, they go to heaven. If they have sincerely turned from their sinful nature and put their trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, Yes, they can be forgiven. So, just like I can be forgiven, just like Nick can be forgiven, just like you, Hamil, can be forgiven of your sin if you turn from your sinfulness and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone, no matter when you do it. I would encourage you to do it as soon as possible because you could die today. You don't know when you're going to die, right? That's a question. You think that it's possible then that Hitler in his last hours asked for forgiveness and repented? And um, took his life after the repentance. So then, it's possible that he's in heaven. Is, is that a, is that would be correct? I, I would say that it is possible for Hitler to have 
turn from sin and trust in Christ and g still go to heaven, I highly doubt it. But if that is the case, if he repented, truly turned from his sinfulness and turned to God by putting his faith in Jesus Christ alone, the true Jesus, then yes, he, he could go to heaven, just like you. What do Jewish people believe? Or Muslims, a Mormon, or a Jehovah's Witness? If you've ever wondered, then the book, What Do They Believe, is for you. From the differing views on God and Jesus to sin, salvation, and eternity, What Do They Believe will help you get an accurate understanding of what other religions believe. What Do They Believe by Andrew Rappaport, available now on Kindle and at strivingforeternity.org. Now that we have a call in line, I wanted to try doing a new segment on the show. Each week, I'll give you a topic, and you have to transition from that topic into a gospel message. Oh, and you have to do it in two minutes or less. The best transition each week will be played on a future episode, and I may even throw in a prize for the winning submissions. Think you can do it? Then figure out how to transition from the Pope to the gospel and call 513-900-8070 with your response. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share the gospel. May God bless you. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.